Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? You know what I'm thankful for, Amy? What's that? You. That's really kind. I did not expect you to say that, and so I was not prepared. Well, I'm thankful for you, Jonathan. I uh, see so you're only saying it to say it back, so it doesn't count. <laughs> okay. You're right. <laughs> you got um, me. No, I just, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We're recording this actually Thanksgiving night because uh, Amy, if you can't tell, has been under the weather a little bit this week. She's traveling tomorrow for her Thanksgiving. So, and we're taking our son back. I got a full day tomorrow. We're taking Ethan back to the airport to fly back to college and everything. But it's been good to see him this week. It's been a good, good Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different Thanksgiving than we had planned. We had some extended family plans we were going to go with and had to hold off for a day just because of I was a little bit under the weather and uh, Drew and stuff. So it ended up being a much more low key day, although I hope I'm I'm on the upswing and kind of watching Drew um, to see if he is. But it it wasn't a bad day, though. It was a very nice day. Uh, just four of us at lunch and just kind of keeping it, keeping it chill. That sounds good, Amy. I hope our listeners also had a great Thanksgiving day and full of, uh, you know, family and food and all the good things that Southern Baptists like there. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, we do. I, I was texting with some pastors today, some pastor friends, and then they were responsible for some cooking and stuff. And all I made was a caramel pie this year. So it's nice. My wife's extended family does all the cooking and everything. And I just like bring a dessert every year. So I don't oh, have to that's do nice. It's nice. That's but, great. You know, and, and we're also three or four hours from home over in Tupelo. So it's a little different. Right. But right. anyway, so never had to really cook, except for the one year that I, we were in um, Panama City Beach, I think, uh-huh. for the week. I did Thanksgiving down there that one year, but I haven't really had to do that. So it's a, yeah. a pretty chill holiday for me. So I just get to enjoy the, the feast. That's great. Speaking That's of which, great. that was the wordle today. Should have gotten should have gotten that one a lot quicker. But yeah, I saw a few people on social media that got it in one because they started with that. But yeah. it was a, you know it was a theme word today. Yep. I got it in two. Today was a big day for me. Yep, because you beat me and Mary. Yeah. So anyway, enough of that. We'll talk a little bit more right. about Thanksgiving at the end of the show because there was something you and I were texting about, and I want to talk about that at the end of the show. Not a whole lot of news going on this week. Obviously, we got some state recaps from the last couple of weeks. So we start with a couple of those. Amy, we begin in Kentucky. Yeah, so uh, Kentucky Baptist met. It was the 185th annual meeting, and they met in Bowling Green at First Baptist Church there in Bowling Green. And the outgoing president, Harold Best, uh, pastor of Burlington Baptist Church, he led this year. Uh, They had 1,004 in attendance, 790 of those were messengers, 214 were guests. So uh, with an outgoing president, they had a new elected uh, president, James Carroll. He's pastor of Parkway Baptist Church in Bardstown. Um, The first vice president is Bob Ayer. He is pastor of First Baptist Church in Lawrenceburg. And second vice president, Brad Walker from Bryansburg Baptist Church in Marshall County. Uh, They approved a cooperative program budget of 23 million seven hundred seventy eight thousand six hundred seventy that's a little bit more than last year um, and they allocate half so 50 50 to the southern baptist convention for international missions disaster relief seminaries and other ministries yeah so it sounds like they had a a good meeting so why don't you tell us what happened in south carolina yeah so they met in irmo 
South Carolina. I don't know where Irmo is. Where in the world is Irmo, South Carolina? Jonathan, you're testing my South Carolina geography, and it's been a while since I have. Uh, it's just been... outside of Columbia. I looked it up. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's in so, the middle. There you so, go. Yeah, just right outside of Columbia. So instead of being at First Baptist Columbia, where they were a couple of years ago, whenever I went, they were out in Irmo, which is kind of on the northwest side of Columbia. So anyway, they met at uh, River, Riverland Hills and 703 registered messengers adopted a $26.5 million budget and approved eight resolutions at the meeting. They also heard a report from their sexual abuse task force. DJ Horton is a chairman of that task force and, and gave a report that included some best practices for prevention, monitoring, and response of churches to sexual abuse and a list of additional resources. They also requested a resolution calling for strengthening and clarifying laws like state laws they remove any legal barriers to prevent pastors or churches from disclosing certain information regarding sexual abuse to future employers. Very similar to what we saw in Texas just a few years ago that Bart Barber led. Uh, they elected officers West Church. Uh, fitting that he's a pastor, Amy. He's the pastor at First Baptist Church of Columbia. He was elected by unanimous consent as president-elect of the state convention and also elected by acclamation to serve as officers were Ryan Goodrow, who's the pastor of Utica Baptist Church as vice president, Brian Sherwood, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Darlington as registration secretary, and Albert Allen, who's the senior pastor at First Baptist Newberry, will be the president uh, for the next year. So they, they elect theirs like one year out. Does that make sense? Uh, South Carolina is, uh, does that one there. And then also Gary Hollingsworth gave his final report as executive director of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. He's retiring soon from his uh, leadership role there in the convention. We mentioned they passed that $26.5 million budget. It is not an increase. It's the same as last year. And their split is uh, 45.5 and 54.5. So 54.5 stays in the state and 45.5 goes to national and international ministries. That's South Carolina, Amy, up to your home state uh, where you grew up, actually, and where I live now. So I guess it's my home state, formerly your home state, Tennessee. Yes. Well, in Tennessee, they met in uh, Cordova or Memphis is really more uh, the, the general area at Bellevue Baptist Church. So obviously a church that's known to everyone. They adopted a $35 million budget. They and they had 843 messengers and 104 visitors from 444 churches. So it was a big group. The budget that they recommended and uh, adopted was was the same as uh, last year, and then same allocation percentages, which is 52.5 staying in the state and 47.5 going on to um, SVC causes. They also officially launched the Acts 217 initiative, and that is an opportunity for Tennessee Baptists across the state to have the opportunity to speak into future priorities of the state convention. So I know that was a big uh, a big thing there. The officers, uh, they reelected Clay Hallmark, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church in Lexington. He was elected by acclamation. And then Joel Pig, senior pastor of Salem Baptist Church in Trenton, was elected as vice president. Gene Nelson, um, senior pastor of Russellville Baptist Church, it was elected second vice president. And they both were by acclamation. So uh, really well, easy Amy, election. It says, real quick, though, in the election thing, it says they veered from for, <laughs> veered from tradition by electing Hallmark to serve a second term. Is is that not normal? It, like everywhere else, it's normal for them to serve two terms. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've never paid attention. I, and I've only been to like one Tennessee Baptist convention, and it wasn't right. during the election, so I don't know any better. Yeah, um, I've never, I've never paid attention to huh. that in Tennessee. So I will have to ask around. Yeah, um, they also had their uh, sexual abuse task force that presented a report, and then introduced messengers to a booklet, uh, "Ministering Well: Best Practices and Resources Related to Sexual Abuse Prevention and Response." And so, um, it wasn't just about like giving a report, but actually equipping Tennessee Baptists to know what to do and how to handle the issue in the churches. So next year they're going to be in Chattanooga, which is one of my favorite places. So uh, that'll, that will be fun. They're downtown in the convention center. All right. So tell us about Virginia. Yeah. So this is not homecoming, Amy. This is the BGAV where they have a new executive director, Wayne Faison was installed as their executive director and addressed the group for the first time. 476 attendees, 314 of those were messengers. They actually had a hybrid model, Amy. So uh, they're looking to pass an amendment to the Constitution and bylaws that will let people in the future not only view and participate, but also vote remotely. So keep an eye on that. They approved a budget for next year of just over $8.2 million, which is a slight decline from last year, around 8.6, and elected Herbert Ponder, senior pastor of Mount Tabor in Richmond as president, and Becky McKinney, member at Chatham Heights Baptist, was elected first vice president. So she's a member, Amy, and she was elected the first vice president of the convention. So she was also the outgoing chair of the executive board. Mark Hughes, pastor of West End Baptist Church in Dinwiddie, was elected second vice president, and Nathan Taylor, the executive director of their historical society, will continue as clerk for the next year who was elected to that. So the Virginia Baptist Historical Society. Ooh, that sounds like some interesting stuff there. Oh, man. I love any historical society. So next year, find. next year, Amy, get this. We got to figure out a way to get to this one. The 200th annual meeting next year at Mount Vernon Baptist in Glen Allen, Virginia. Oh. It's possible that George Washington went to that church. You think so? I don't know. It's also possible that he didn't. I didn't know where you were going with this. And I, yeah, no. Well, where else is there to go when you're talking about Mount Vernon? I don't know. There's a lot of Mount Vernon churches. Oh. In a lot of states. I mean, I oh. know of one in Kentucky. I know of one here in North Carolina. Lots of Mount Vernons. Well, the one in Glen Allen is rather large. So. Yeah. And it is closer to the actual Mount Vernon. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. So, okay. All right. Well, take us to Ohio. All right. So, in Ohio, they had a new initiative uh, with this, the new Send Ohio partnership, and they focused on multiplication, on church multiplication. And they want to see a multiplying church in every part of Ohio. And so, they're trying to get churches on board um, and excited and had at least 70 uh, of their churches already declaring you know, that they want to be part of that. They had more than 300 people um, at their meeting in Cuyahoga Valley Church. Sounds like they had just a great time, a lot of things to celebrate, but they also did some business. They passed a $4.8 million budget that's down 4.7% from 2022. And half of that will be passed on for Southern Baptist causes. They have a 50-50 split in Ohio. They also, um, like a lot of these other states, had report from their sexual abuse task force that 
brought new sexual abuse policies for the state convention, a detailed policy guide for churches across the state, and then also a resolution on sexual abuse that uh, was, I think, rather lengthy and uh, just take, you know, kind of taking a stand. So that's a pattern we have seen. Uh, and we expected that because all these task forces got started last year. So they had to come back for their reports. And each state has been a little bit different, but it is a continued focus everywhere. Um, new officers, Ray Umphrey, pastor of Briggs Road Baptist Church in Columbus, was reelected to a second term. Then some new officers, first vice president, Tony Harris, pastor of Highland Avenue Baptist Church in Cincinnati, second vice president, Adam Purcell, pastor of LifePoint Church in Mount Vernon. Um, there it is again. Recording secretary, Mary Lee Snowden. She's a member at Clough Pike. Uh, Baptist Church in Cincinnati and Assistant Recording Secretary Charity Betts. She's a member at First Baptist Church of New Lebanon or Lebanon. I don't know. I don't know. Le- it's Lebanon in Tennessee, yes. but other people may say it differently. Yeah. All right. All right. So take us home through Oklahoma. All right. Oklahoma, last one for this week. They met in Mustang, Oklahoma at First Baptist Church. You know who lives in Mustang, Amy? No. Tell me. Sally. I, you've just got all the jokes this week, yep. and none, none of them are funny, but keep oh, on going. Oh, come on. People laughed at that one. All right, 700 registered messengers from 318 of their churches, and they recognized the 50th anniversary of their disaster relief program 50 years ago. Uh, they started the disaster relief program up there. And more than 300 DR volunteers assembled for a special recognition banquet, which was led by their interim DR director, Sam Porter, Who's also a former, and I guess uh, always will be, yeah, recognized most as a most fascinating Southern Baptist. That's right, by Amy Whitfield. So that's right. They also heard a report from their Abuse Prevention and Response Task Force uh, for Sexual Abuse in the state, and uh, they got resources online now at OklahomaBaptists.org. And elected new officers, they elected Chris Wall of Owasso First Baptist as president, John Johnston, who is at Exchange Avenue in Oklahoma City as first vice president, and then Mark Hall, uh, not the one from Casting Crowns, another one. Uh, he's at Comanche first as second vice president in Oklahoma. They also passed a $24.5 million budget. 43% moves on to the national level. 42% stays in Oklahoma, and 15% are to their affiliates. I guess that's their agencies and, and different uh, organizations there in the state. And they also passed six resolutions of the 75th anniversary of Indian Falls Creek. Uh, we covered that earlier this year. And the 50th anniversary of Oklahoma Baptist Disaster Relief. They passed one similar to the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative investigative report that we did at the annual meeting and then one on the overturn of Roe v. Wade. And finally, they approved a resolution against recreational marijuana use. So that is it for this week in our state convention recaps. I'm not sure if we have them all, Amy, but that that may be close to the end. We've got to be getting there. So uh, over to Houston, Amy, where we have uh, Timothy Jason Jeltima pled guilty this past week to two counts of online solicitation of a minor one charge of indecency with a child and one charge of sexual performance by a child. He was a student minister at the North Klein campus at Champion Forest Baptist Church, was fired back in May 2008 whenever this came to light, was arrested, and then now has pled guilty to that almost uh, more than four years later. That seems like a long time, Amy, for that to be dragging on. That's yeah. just me. So 
is sentenced to five years in prison for that. So that's kind of the, the end of that. I think we did cover this back when it happened back in 2018. It's crazy the podcast has been around that long that we've covered these things then and are now the plea on the other end and the sentencing. So uh, crazy. Yeah. And then finally, Amy, some sad news. Albert Warden, uh, Dr. Albert Warden, who's a Baptist historian, passed away at age 94. He was a former history professor at Belmont for more than a quarter of a century here Man. in the Nashville area. So, uh, he, I mean, he, he was classified by Lloyd Harsh, who's a Baptist historian, in the same category of Baptist statesman as James Leo Garrett. So that's a pretty high honor right there. It's a big deal. Yeah. I, I know he's worked a little bit at the SBHLA, uh, at the Library Archives, uh, over the past few years. has been around the office a little bit. So I'd run into him, I think, once or twice in the building. So prayers to his family. He was a member here in town at First Baptist Nashville. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring you to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1981, where First Baptist Fort Lauderdale had a Thanksgiving feast in their parking lot and 3,000 people came. That's a lot of turkey. Yes. A lot of giblet gravy. It's a ton. And I got the stats on this. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, good. So they had a... They had a, it says it was a giant demonstration of we love you, Fort Lauderdale. And the church members sent 5,000 personal invitations. And then they had billboards, banners, and um, I think flyers that were asking people to come. And people came from all over Florida. It, wow. said for, it said for those who couldn't come on their own, the church sent buses to bring them in. Um, to the beach, they sent buses to the beach, to the seaport, to condominiums, to retirement homes, everywhere. 400 church members were uh, volunteered for this. 21 different committees. They served. Uh, they, right. either, they either prepared. <laughs> they Yeah, they either prepared or they uh, served turkey and dressing, cranberries and cakes. Um, they served 3000 people in an hour. Whoa. There were another thousand that were there uh, to watch and hear they had an evangelist to come in um, and 250 people responded to the evangelist invitation about 170 made professions of faith. So this uh, it's a pretty big deal. And then they had um, they had a you know food that was left over and so they took those to the nursing homes and mission groups and and things like that. Um, the response, I think, was very enthusiastic. They said that there were people that uh, like sent truckloads of vegetables, um, 33 cases of green beans. They, you know, raised lots of money. Uh, this is a, it's a pretty big deal thing. Well, and you, you know who was the pastor there? Yes, I do. I was getting to that. I wonder if our, our listeners know. Oh, oh I I, I'm our, sorry. I wonder if our listeners know. I bet they do. I don't know. I bet they, I do. Bet they do. If they're thinking I know, about it. I know Luke Holmes does. He's yelling 19, it at the radio right now. 1981, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, O.S. Hawkins. That's right. O.S. Hawkins. So I need to, at some point, when I talk to, speaking of fascinating Southern Baptist, to Susie Hawkins, I need to ask her about this. Yeah. Because this is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, cool. she would have known. She, she, probably, she probably baked a cake for it. She may have. I'm sure. I, I, I bet this is a really special memory. So um, you need to text her about this. I, and I report will. Back. I will. Um, so anyway, it was really, really cool. And 
we're uh, uh I, I just thought it was neat i went looking for a thanksgiving story and this was what i found perfect so, perfect first baptist fort lauderdale big feast on thanksgiving uh this week in sbc history yeah wow how about that that's really cool all right well that's going to bring us to our resources of the week my resource of the week amy i know we've talked about this a few times advent devotionals and there's a new one from imb that you can download if you don't have anything yet and you just need something to download to use at the house they have one called Preparing for a Season of Hope, Peace, Joy, and Love Advent Devotional. It's available over at the IMB website. You can just go over there and download it real quick. Put your name, information, your email address in there. They'll send it right to you. And um, it's you know your typical Advent Devotional from IMB. It also gets you in the, the giving mood, giving spirit yeah. for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. All right. So mine, and I haven't actually tried this out yet, or I haven't checked this out yet. I've just learned about it. It's been out oh. for a few weeks. but. Okay. Um, Michael W. Smith has a Christmas album. New. Oh, it's an EP. Well, hello there. Yeah. So this is, you know, every year I try to like bring something, find out where, uh, find out who's released a new album and put that in the circulation. My playlist always starts every year. Behold the Lamb of God is the first album that I play. But then I have lots and lots of albums and playlists that I throw in. So I'm going to add this one in. So I'm going to put this as my resource of the week. And right, the, um, the cover of this one is outstanding. Yes. Christmas at home. And uh, it looks like <laughs> it's a, uh, it's yeah. It looks like it's his face put oh, on. It's it's that's him. Like from 1968. Yeah. Or so? Something like that. Yeah. Ish. It's a, it's a pretty 1973. great. 73. It's, it's pretty great album art. And and if, if you're like, I wonder what Michael W. Smith looked like as a kid. He looks exactly what you think he would look like. He as looks a kid. like my, yeah, he looks like Michael W. Smith. Holy smokes. On a child. Yes. Yes. Oh my word. That's amazing. Brand new songs too. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. This is, the, it's not old standards. Like these are new songs. So I'm looking forward to hearing them. Yeah. All right. Say, hey, by the way, speaking of Christmas albums. So I think a few weeks ago, I talked about the Chosen Road new Christmas album that they've got out. Yeah. Yeah. Number one gospel and bluegrass album out there. That's really cool. Debuted at number one. It's because we talked about it on the podcast. Oh, I'm sure. And because I was streaming the mess out of that while I was driving through uh, West Virginia. Met those guys in West Virginia. They were doing the music at the West Virginia annual meeting. And it was really, they're really cool guys. First time That's I great. met them. They do a lot of work with, you know, Nam and, and Mark Clifton and everything. But first time right. I met them, fantastic guys. So congrats on the the number one album there. So That's right. A little bonus there, the uh, Chosen Road Christmas album uh, that just came out, bluegrass stuff, so really good. All right, Amy, last thing, mentioned it at the top of the show, big Thanksgiving. You and I got to texting about Thanksgiving episodes of The West Wing. The West Wing, yes. I have a tradition that every year, um, and I did this yesterday, last night, night before Thanksgiving, I watch uh, the Thanksgiving episodes of The West Wing, which are shibboleth, and the Indians in the lobby. And then um, Arctic Radar is technically a Thanksgiving episode, but basically they just mention Thanksgiving. It's not, you know, it doesn't yeah. have the butterball hotline. Yeah, or scene, the turkeys like, in CJ's office. Right, right. Which are like some of the great scenes. Now I do the same thing at Christmas. Yes. And there are six episodes. There are six Christmas episodes. Six of the greatest Christmas episodes ever. They're incredible. Grace the Airways, oh my goodness. The they're incredible. And so I watch all of those and love them. Um, and so this is a, a tradition, but yes, we did start discussing some of the great, great scenes of, of the West wing. Yes. 
I would say and, that's the favorite TV show of the pod. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Number one. And number two, the the best scene, I don't know if it's the best scene, but it's top five for me, is Thanksgiving related. And it's when President Bartlett gives Charlie the Paul Revere knife. Yes. That is that is hands down one of the best scenes. It's so maybe meaningful. the best Thanksgiving scene. And but Char- it's it's a, it's incredible. Right. And right. Charlie's face yes. when he gives him that. Dulé Hill amazing. killed that right there. Yeah. Now it's it's the second best all time Thanksgiving scene. Behind what? What were you gonna say? WKRP. Oh, the turkey. Yes. The yeah. turkey drop is is easily. Right. That's a classic. Yeah. That's that's one of the top five scenes in all of television history. All right. Yeah, that's that a is classic. Outstanding. Yeah. Now but, my favorite because we got to talk about favorite West Wing scenes, period. Yes. My my very favorite one is in Bad Moon Rising with Oliver at the end where He's getting ready for what's to come from Bartlett because they've just found out about the, the or everyone else is finding out yeah. about the MS and the whole like, what do we say? We say, bring it on that whole part. If you yeah. if you are a West Wing watcher, you know what I'm talking about. Such a good, such a good scene. That whole arc from 17 people to Bad Moon Rising to the fall's going to kill you. Like, man, it is that's that that's that's some great great like murderers row of west wing episodes there that's right that's right so yes so incredible incredible stuff yeah yeah so but yep that's that's a thanksgiving tradition that he gave him the knife episode or scene that's what i call it but you know that's not what he says but that scene just yeah but the butterball the butterball hotline scene is that's a good one phenomenal oh my goodness it's so good. Yeah. And it, it showcases. He was gifted a thermometer from the king of That's right. auto sales in That's right. Fargo. That's <laughs> right. It's it's a great, it showcases President Bartlett's humor. So very, yeah. very good. Yep. Yep. So anyway, all right. Well, feel free to hit us up with your favorite West Wing scenes. And, um, you know, if, if this pod doesn't work out, Amy, we maybe just start a West Wing podcast and we can. There already was one and it was very popular. I don't know yes. that we can. I don't know that we can talk that mean, one. I you know, it, it, none, neither of us were on the West Wing. That one had a little bit of an advantage. Right, it so, did. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Well, Amy, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope our listeners had a great Thanksgiving. I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>